At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in, fine citizens. Throw down Thursday edition of the Detroit City Cast. Got a lot to get to today, including the latest on Jim Harbaugh and my feelings if Jim Harbaugh does spurn the Wolverines to go back to the NFL. We'll get into all that. Uh, of course, the, uh, we're going to look at the divisional games in the NFL and the line movement. I'll my official picks for you off that 6-1 and one against the spread week last week for the divisional round coming up tomorrow on Football Friday. And how about the Detroit Pistons? It's a, it's a team that we know is like the Lions. And they rebuild, you know, missing Jeremy Grant. I've missed others throughout the season. Cade Cunningham got started kind of late. Wasn't right, obviously, with the injury early in the, in the season, earlier in his career. But... What a win for them last night. And I told you, I'm not going to, at least right now, I'm not going to give out the Pistons in any kind of plays unless I really, really feel like there's tremendous value. And I said the same thing last night. You know, the Golden State line two days ago, 15 and a half for the Pistons. Golden State won by 16. I said that line was perfect. And then last night on the back, you know, the, the second half of the back-to-back, they were getting seven and a half of the Kings. The Kings aren't a great team either. But I just, you know, no trust in, in taking either side of that game. But how about the Pistons? Aside from the betting aspect of it, a buck 33 to a buck 31 in Sacramento. Some late huge shots. Sadiq Bay, my man, I love this guy. 37 and three dimes. Davis, by the way, for Sacto at 36, or excuse me, 35, uh, six and three. But that was a great win for the Pistons. Only their 11th of the season, uh, and only their fourth on the road. But that was that was going that's gonna give me some confidence, maybe to to throw some picks with the Pistons coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. But I still want to wait till Jeremy Grant gets back, till I really feel good about some value with the Pistons. Uh, but we'll see what the, the spreads are. They got the Jazz coming up tomorrow on Friday night at 9 p.m. So we'll talk about that game on uh, the Football Friday edition of the Detroit City Cast as well. And there was. Uh, you know, a quote from Cade Cunningham that I wanted to, to read to you, just, you know, talking about what's been going on with him and his growth. He said, quote, I'm just feeling more comfortable seeing more defenses each and every night. The chemistry continues to build. He's scoring, you know, in the 20s a lot of different times. Uh, I mean, the Pistons still are not a very good team overall, but he is the future. This future is really bright, I believe, still for the Pistons under Troy Dreamweaver. And, you know, they get a couple more good drafts and figure out the right pieces to bring in. This could be a contending team in the next two, three years. And that's all you can hope for after this kind of decade and wallowing in nothingness, uh, you know, in no man's land. Not good enough to be a playoff team, 
uh, or a legitimate playoff team, but not bad enough to be a top, you know, one, two, or three overall pick in the draft until last season. So Cade Cunningham's the future, and hopefully the Pistons get some more pieces uh, via Troy Weaver in the draft and, and in free agency and trades as well. All right, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window, and it's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Uh, I, I want to start with the NFL games coming up for the divisional round, but I want to take a quick look at the futures first. We've talked about futures all season long. There is value in taking them at this point. You got to be careful because if you don't take them now, there might not be a lot of value on AFC NFC title game weekend. Packers, the favorite, still three and a half to one. Chiefs, four and a half or four to one, excuse me. And then the Bills, that's the team that I gave out, you know, in the preseason. It's the team I gave out the last couple of weeks. I got them as high as 15 to one. I still made a pretty large bet on the Bills at five to one. I think they're going to beat Kansas City. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. So the Bills would be the future bet I would I would lean towards to give you right now at five to one. The Bucks five and a half to one. Rams seven and a half to one. Titans nine to one. Isn't that amazing for a one seed? The Titans who are hosting, uh, you know, the playoff game this weekend, their first game in the playoffs. They are like the sixth favorite at nine to one. Uh, and then you got the Niners at twelve to one, and the Bengals at fifteen to one to round out. Uh, the NFL futures odds. And, you know, if you look at one other team that has some value, and it's 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 crazy to me because I was against them last week. It's the only game I lost, the Dallas game. And Dallas still almost came back and won. The Niners at 12-1 to are definitely filled with value. I don't think that the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. But if they find a way past Green Bay and they continue to build that momentum with Jimmy G and the solid defense... You know, and they've obviously got the skill pieces on offense. Debo Samuel has just become a stalwart. Uh, you know, the wide receiver turned running back, but he's obviously still capable of being a wide receiver as well. There's value at 12 to 1. I would love to say take the Bengals too, but I, I just, I, the, the Bengals aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. 15 to 1 is great though. I mean, they're obviously the longest shot right now, but the Niners have a legitimate chance based on how the NFC is setting up because Green Bay is the favorite overall, but is Green Bay really that great? I mean, yeah, they're they're really good, but they're beatable. And if the Niners get by them, it's up to the Rams or the Bucks, and that's a winnable game for San Francisco on the road. It wouldn't matter. Um, you know, the Rams, the Niners have already taken the the Rams down this year. So, uh, and that's a division team if they play them, and they know them very well. And then the Bucks have their offensive line issues if they're the ones that get by the Rams this week. So, those those Niners, even though they they kind of stunned my ability to go seven and zero last week against the spread. Uh, the Niners have some value twelve to one, but the Bills are the team for me because if the Bills beat the Chiefs this week. That's gonna they're gonna probably become the favorite, or at worst, like right by Green Bay at maybe two and a half, three to one. So this is the chance to to take the Bills if you're a Bills backer like me. All right, let's take a look at the rest of the division lines and the movement we've seen throughout the week. This Bengals and Titans game has stayed right at three and a half. Uh, right now, Bet Rivers the Titans minus three and a half, minus one twelve. Bengals plus three and a half, minus one oh nine. Uh, and the Moneyline Titans minus 180, Bengals plus 158, total 47.5, both over under minus 110. No opinion on the total of this game. I do like the Bengals plus the three and a hook. I was on Rush Hour yesterday uh, with my man Danny Burke, the host of the Detroit, the Chicago CityCast as well, and we both uh, you know, agreed that getting that built-in hook, three and seven, the key numbers in the NFL, Titans hadn't played last week. It could be a problem for Russ in the beginning. I think this is going to be a very close game. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for Cincinnati to win in Nashville, but I like the three and a hook. Uh, right now with the Bengals. We're seeing a lot of two-way action on that. Uh, we'll continue to monitor that as we get closer to game time over the weekend. Niners and Packers. Uh, 
this uh, down a little bit, a little money on the Niners. Uh, some more, it was more public money than sharp money that brought this down to five and a half at Bet Rivers. Packers minus five and a half, minus one ten both ways. Packers minus two forty on the money line. The Niners plus two hundred five, and the total is forty seven, both over and under. Our minus one ten right now at Bet Rivers, and, and this is a game that I mentioned. I like the Packers and teasers. Uh, I, I mean, the Niners definitely have some value at getting five and a half or six points. But I just, this game feels like unless San Francisco plays, you know, I don't want to say perfect football, but maybe their best game of the year, they're not going to be able to beat Green Bay in Frigid Lambeau Field. That being said, if I'm going to tease one side of this, my lean right now is teasing the Packers, not the Niners. Uh, even though the Niners obviously could possibly win this game, I think there's much better chance of this being a blowout, you know, a 10 to 15 point win for Green Bay in the end than it is for this to be a, a super close game, which obviously it has a chance of. But that's why I'm going to use the Packers and teasers. Right now, you can tease the Packers to plus a half, uh, which is basically take them on the money line. Uh, that's the Saturday games. That'll be an 8-15 game on Saturday, Niners and Packers at the frozen, frigid tundra of Lambeau Field. Now we got the two Sunday games, Rams and Bucks. This should be fun. This line is kind of volleyballed around, as we talked about throughout the week. Both the Rams and the Bills, if you look at it like this, they are basically favorites in these games. Because you're going to get in Tampa at least three to three and a half points for home favoritism there for home field advantage. And in Kansas City, I, I would say four points. They have one of the top five biggest home field advantages in the entire NFL, much bigger than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. And that spread, which we'll get to in a second, has gone down even more. So right now you got Tampa minus two and a half. We saw some threes a couple days ago at Bet Rivers, but it's down to two and a half. Minus 115 at Bet Rivers. The Rams plus 2.5, minus 105. Moneyline Tampa, minus 141. Rams plus 124. And the total is 48 over minus 113, under minus 108. So when you look at this game, once again, as I mentioned, the Rams are being looked at as a small favorite, whether it's a half or a one-point favorite, or even a one-and-a-half-point favorite based on the kind of home field advantage you're going to give Tampa Bay to move that spread down. And obviously, it's a playoff game. Uh, but Matthew Stafford got in the monkey off his back after all the great time here in Detroit. You know, could never get the playoff win here, but in his first year, in his first playoff game with the Los Angeles Rams, he gets the job done. And, and I think that he's got a great chance of keeping it going as well. Uh, the Rams getting two and a half right now, as we mentioned, at Bet Rivers, minus 105. Uh, and that should be a really interesting game at 3 o'clock on Sunday. And then the nightcap, 6.30 from Kansas City. And we're going to take, by the way, a look at the weather here in a second, just the updated weather so everyone uh, knows what we're looking at uh, potentially for the forecast this weekend. The Bills and Chiefs get it going at Arrowhead. As I mentioned, this line opened two and a half. It's down to two. And to me, that feels like the Bills are basically two two-point favorites. I think Kansas City gets about four points for being at home based on the different you know, odds makers and sports books. That's been kind of the consensus for a long time. Arrowhead, as I mentioned, a top five most valuable home field advantage in the NFL, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Remember years, a few years back when Houston had that huge lead uh, on Kansas City and the Chiefs came all the way back. The crowd was a big part of that. Uh, but that, this line down to two right now, minus two, minus 112 at Bet Rivers for the Chiefs. The Bills plus two, minus 109. Money line Kansas City plus minus 125 and basically almost an even money play here. Uh, Bills plus 110 in the total, 54. This is the one game I've looked at where I have a small lean on one side. I, I like the, the over a little bit here because it, it's very high. It's one of the higher totals you'll see in a playoff game. But the way the Bills can score, and obviously we know what Kansas City can do, this game could be played in the 30s. 
Now, KC's defense has gotten better. They can try to slow down Josh Allen in that run game and obviously the way that Josh Allen can use his legs and his feet. But I still think this is going to be a high-scoring game regardless of who wins it. So small lead on the over. That's the only kind of total I'm really looking at. We'll talk a little more about some of the totals tomorrow. Uh, but that's where we're at right now with the four divisional games. And taking a look at the weather. And, you know, this time of year, especially in the east and the Midwest and, and the upper Midwest, uh, it's always something to, to monitor. And you want to monitor, obviously, if a game's out west or in the south, too, because there could be rain or winds or things like that. Um, but when you look at what's going on with the weather coming up this weekend, and I want to start in Green Bay. Green Bay is obviously the place where, you know, there's the biggest chance of there being crazy, you know, cold temperatures and snowstorms and wind and stuff like that. It doesn't look terrible right now. Right now, it looks like 21 degrees, but the low, negative one. So it could be cold, but not a lot of wind. And that could be a factor for the kicking game. So that game, 8.15 at night on Saturday, could get into like the, you know, the the single digits. But it doesn't look like anything really crazy uh, as far as snow or anything like that. So that's where we're at with Green Bay. Nashville weather coming up uh, over the weekend. Doesn't look that bad either. Just a little, you know, chilly on Saturday. It should be a high of 39, a low of 23 and sunny. So nothing really, uh, you know, terrible in that situation. Uh, and then when you look at what we have going on in Tampa Bay, I mean, it's very unlikely that Tampa Bay is going to be an issue unless there's some crazy rainstorm. And as of now, there could be some rain on Saturday, but the weather looks like it's going to be fine. 57 degrees for the high, or I'm sorry, it's Sunday, uh, 60 for the high and 33 for the low. There is going to be a bunch of rain in the area on Saturday, but it's it's probably not going to carry over until Sunday. At least that's what it looks like right now. So we'll continue to monitor that as we go forward. And then Kansas City, Kansas City, on Sunday night, high of 44, low of 32, no precipitation. Looks like it's in uh, the area. So that shouldn't really be that big of a factor. Just a, you know, somewhat chilly for uh, Kansas City. It's been a lot colder recently. It's going to be kind of a warming trend. Like today, for example, in KC, it's 19 degrees for the high, 4 for the low, but it's going to be 29 for the high on Friday, 43 on Saturday, and 44 on Sunday. So not as cold as it was the last couple of weeks at times in Kansas City. That's a trip to the Motown betting window, brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. Coming up, Harbaugh, is he spurning Michigan? I have a lot of thoughts on that, and we'll also get to my Australian Open play of the day. I was on a 17 straight Aussie Open winning bet streak uh, that ended uh, with my, my girl Emma Raducanu last night and uh, I also took a, a three-teamer that ended up losing one of, the, one of the, the legs of that loss but we had 17 straight and we're going to give you a, an Australian Open play every day throughout the rest of the, of, of the fortnight here on the Detroit CityCast and by the way at Bet Rivers 20% live profit boost throughout the Australian Open tournament so check that out. Uh, gives you some great value when you're live betting the Aussie Open, which I do all the time. You can get some great value if like a favorite goes down in the first set, or if you got an upstart that's that's you know down and you get huge odds on them, and they have some kind of great run back and win it. It's really tremendous value to bet live. I mean, not just in general on the Aussie Open, but definitely live. You get a twenty percent profit boost on Bet Rivers. That is awesome. You get that each day uh, on BetRivers.com and on the app. All right, coming right, we'll talk about Jim Harbaugh. Will he be the Michigan coach next year? Right here on the Detroit CityCast.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Well, we've talked about this for the last uh, couple of weeks here uh, on the CityCast, and it's no secret that, you know, Jim Harbaugh had the year he had to have after me and many others saying, listen, what's the point of having him here and calling for a Matt Campbell or a Sonny Dykes or a Brian Harson or someone else to come in with the resources and facilities and alumni advantage and stadium size that Michigan has and start winning the biggest games? Because Harbaugh, in my opinion, until this season, and obviously the season was pretty incredible, in the 10 biggest and most important games of his tenure, you know, Ohio State games, trouble to snap, New Year's Six games and, and others that we've discussed, we ranked them twice this year, they were all losses. That changed. The Wisconsin game this year, the Penn State game, of course, Ohio State, uh, you know, getting the job done in Nebraska, Iowa won the Big Ten title game. He moved at least four of those games into the top 10 most important games of his tenure, and they were all wins. And now we've had this kind of undercurrent of rumors slash maybe it's a money ploy slash Harbaugh's always been fascinated of getting back to the NFL and it's it's getting louder. And the latest is, and this has come out via MLive and The Athletic and many other places, that Jim Harbaugh at least is shopping this, whether it's to certain people in the media, whether it's through his agent, whatever it is, he is letting it be known that if the Raiders offer him the job, that he would probably take it. It looks like he would take it. And this is the big situation. You have a coach in Rich Basakia, the interim coach. I always get nervous. I'm going to screw his name up. Uh, But he's the interim coach and just interviewed with the Raiders. And he's the first coach in NFL history to take a team to the playoffs. Interim coach. Is he going to get the job? Probably not. Could he get the job? Sure. But if he doesn't, I know that the, the, the Raiders are trying to interview Jared Mayo as well and some others. But if they want Jim Harbaugh, and I've said all along that if he goes anywhere, it would be the Raiders. I've said that for weeks now. I know my man Steven Jung, my great producer, he wants me to go to the... Well, I don't know if he wants me to go to the Bears, but he's like, I think it'd be the Bears. And I've had a lot of other people tell me that it, it, it would likely be the Bears. I'll tell you right now, if he goes anywhere, it's probably the, the Las Vegas Raiders. And... There's a, there's a bunch of feelings I have on this. And by the way, the odds have shifted, uh, you know, when it comes to what J- Jim Harbaugh's odds are to go uh, and, and or, you know, what he the odds for him to be uh, the next Raiders coach are. He, right now, is like 2-1. to one, And that's the lowest it's been. I mean, there was times where it was 5-1 to one or 10-1. to one. So he's the favorite to be the next Raiders coach based on the odds. It doesn't always mean anything. doesn't mean anything at all sometimes. So... If this happens, it presents a lot of different issues for me and I'm sure for a lot of other Wolverine fans. And while I am not going to be selfish, it's like me trying to say that I know the kids should be one and done and go to the NBA and they should go to college. They have every right and every, you know, ability to do that, you know, obviously based on what the rules are and they're about, you know, the one and done rules going away. 
Uh, I mean, you know, you're going to be able to go now right back to uh, the NBA, which was the, the way for a long time with guys like Kevin Garnett and Kobe and LeBron and some others. So I, I can't be against that. I, I wish that a lot of these kids would go to college because a lot of careers like Michael Candy and Kwame Brown and some others probably would have gone much better if they had gone to college, at least for a year or two. But I'm not going to say that these kids can't do that. I'm not going to get mad at Jim Harbaugh for taking a job in the NFL. I mean, I, was, I thought it was ridiculous that John Beeline left Michigan to go to the Cavs. And that obviously flamed out in less than a couple of years. But it was that, he deserved that. He had earned the right after all the stuff he had done you know, throughout his entire career, starting at Canisius and working his way up at West Virginia and Michigan in the Final Fours and the National Title Games. He, he deserved the, the ability to do that if he wanted to. I thought it was a bad move, but I'm not going to judge him on that. I'm not going to judge Harbaugh either. Now, the money would basically be the same. I think he's going to make more than he would be at Michigan. It's possible. I mean, Gruden got $10 million for 10 years in, in, in Vegas, but how did that work out? But when you look at what it would mean for Harbaugh after finally beating the Buckeyes, getting Michigan to a place where it looks like they could be a contender with the Buckeyes, and, and dare I say Michigan State and some others, year in, year out, to go to the Big Ten title game, to get to the playoffs, and then leaves. It just, to me, once again... Respected Jim Harbaugh. He's his own man. He's been at Michigan now seven years. This would be the longest times tenure times two. It would combine his tenures at San Francisco and at Stanford if he comes back for an eighth year. So he doesn't stay place as long. He burns bridges. He, you know, he kind of really flames out and and runs people the wrong way, like what happened at San Francisco, and isn't in places very long. From all that I know about Harbaugh and all the people we've talked to on this show and. The various shows I've done for the last several years in 97 on the ticket, whether it's been Angelique Shengalis or Nick Baumgartner, all the people that cover the Wolverines and know Harbaugh, you know, pretty well, he is really enjoying his time there. And he's relinquished some of that, you know, obsessive control, brought in, you know, McDonald to be the defensive coordinator, you know, took his hat out of the ring with some of the offensive play calling that was going on a couple years ago when there was too many cooks in the kitchen, letting Gaddis do his thing. The, the, the players seemed to respond to this younger coaching staff. He finally got rid of Don Brown. It just seems like he's, he's reinvented himself to the level where I think things could be really good going forward. And if he leaves, yeah, Michigan, you find a great top-level coach. And it's still, I mean, it's not like going to Georgia or Alabama or, you know, Clemson or, you know, these schools that are competing for national titles every year because they get such great recruits. But it's still one of the best jobs in, in sports. I mean, it's still one of the best jobs in football. And it's got the biggest alumni in the world. It's got one of the biggest endowments in the world. It's going to be a ton of money forever comes there. And, and once again, it goes back to what I've been saying for the last few years, that, yes, I'm glad that Harbaugh got the job done this season, but I do believe if you put someone, an up-and-coming coach, the next kind of Dabo Sweeney or Kirby Smart, a guy like a Brian Harson who went to Arkansas, a guy like, you know, Sonny Dykes and what he did at SMU, or Matt Campbell, who I know has kind of gone up and down at times at Iowa State, but I think eventually he's going to be a very top-level coach at one of the biggest programs in the country and could win a national title. If you give one of those guys a chance to have what Michigan has with all the facilities and alumni and endowment and recruiting power and all that stuff, they could do a great job too. But I want Harbaugh to keep on that track. After what happened this year, I don't want to see him go. And I think it would just be a really, I don't want to say a bad decision for him because it's not, once again, about me judging what he's going to do. But I think it would be a bad decision. Because he's finally, it's like, okay, you finally get to what you're trying to do at Michigan, and then you bolt. Now, obviously, it would piss off the fans. It would upset me. But, you know, that's what we are. We're fans. or people that are covering the team. But if he goes to the Raiders and things don't go good for two or three years, he's not coming back to Michigan. 
He's not, he's probably not coming back to college. So you're really making a decision, I think, if you're Jim Harbaugh. All right, I'm done with college coaching. I'm going to take my chance again in the NFL. If it doesn't work out, that might, not that he wouldn't ever get a job again. He'd probably come back and do the Herm Edwards thing and go to like an ASU. But is he really going to want to go from Michigan to the Raiders and then what he did with San Francisco and then go back to a school like Boise State or, you know, Purdue or something like that? I don't think so. So there's all these different things going on, uh, you know, in the ether. And the latest being that it looks like if the Raiders offer him a job, if they don't give the, the head coach job to, to, to Masika, if they decide to, you know, offer Harbaugh the job, then he very likely would take it. That's why he's the batting favorite right now at a little less than 2-1 to one to be the next Raiders head coach. But I just think that it would just be a terrible thing for Michigan. Obviously, I don't think it's the smartest move for Jim Harbaugh. That's not me being selfish as a Michigan fan. I'm just saying the Raiders they have not been able to get themselves off the mat for a long time. All these different coaches, including Gruden, mainly because of his own doing with the email nonsense, failed. And I like what they've got there. I mean, obviously the Henry Ruggs thing sucks, but I think Derek Carr's a great quarterback. they got solid defensive players. You know, this is a team that's in Las Vegas and has this great, you know, excitement around them. But I just think that Jim Harbaugh leaving to go there instead of staying in Michigan, at least for the next couple of years, would be a mistake. So I'd love to hear what people's thoughts are on this. You can always respond to this on Twitter at DanLeach971. We'll continue to, of course, cover this. We're working on some guests for you that cover the Raiders and uh, a, a possible very, very, very famous guest that is involved with the Raiders as well that we're working on too. So this is a, a fluid situation. And uh, it's frustrating to think that Jim Harbaugh could be gone from Ann Arbor after that finally getting that, that one good year where things go the way they were supposed to years ago and why he was brought to Ann Arbor and now it could all be going away after that one flash in the pan, great you know year in the sun, and then Harbaugh goes back to the NFL. So stay tuned on that. All right, before we get out of there, it's my Australian Open player uh, play of the day. Uh, we started off with that loss with John Isner, lost in five sets. But then we went on a run and hit 17 straight Australian Open plays. That ended last night when I took Emma Raducanu live uh, when she was down a set. Almost came back and got the job done. But she's barely played because of getting COVID. And the, the U.S. Open champion in the future is so bright for her. I love the 19-year-old Emma Raducanu for Britain. Uh, but I there's there's actually, I'm going to give you a bonus play tonight. Not just my regular play. I'm going to give you two plays tonight. But we're going to start with my play of the day. And it's my man Riley Opelka who has just ripped his way through the tournament so far. He's playing a great player, a top 20 player in Denis Shapovalov uh, from Canada. And it's the line at Bet Rivers right now is right there for the taking. Opelka minus 108, Shapovalov minus 115. I like Riley with that huge serve, one of the biggest tennis players ever, uh, to get by the Canadian. And I'm going to lay the 108. That's my Australian Open play of the day. But I also have a... Half unit parlay for you. And this is going to be a great match uh, around 9... That By the way, 9.30 around uh, approximately tonight, the Opelka match. But also around 9.30, Carlos Alcaraz, the up-and-coming Spaniard, is playing Matteo Berrettini. You've got Alcaraz as a minus 175 favorite against Matteo, who's one of the best players in tennis uh, over the last couple years as well right now. I'm going to take a two-team parlay with this. And I'm going to roll with Al- Alcaraz, who I think is going to be round of 16 or, or better in this tournament. And I'm going to take my man, Sebastian Corda, who survived that epic five-setter a couple days ago. What a match that was. I watched every moment of it. It was awesome out on court eight. Uh, you got to love the ESPN Plus uh, 
ability to watch every single court. They're not showing it as as much as late anymore um, on actual ESPN2. They used to go to like 7 in the morning sometimes. The rest of it's now on ESPN Plus after like 2 or 3 a.m. Uh, they'll, they'll go later when the we get a little later in the tournament. But I, I watched that uh, on ESPN Plus. And it was just such a great match. He's playing PCB. Pablo Carreno Busta. And Corda getting plus 110. So you parlay Alcaraz. You throw in Corda. And you get plus 238. So there's a half unit play for you. A little bonus action on my Australian Open play today. Alcaraz and Corda. Uh, Bet Rivers right now in a two-team parlay. 100 pays 238. And then... My play of the day is my man Riley Opelka, the young, towering American, to take down Shapovalov, uh, the really top-level Canadian player. And that is how you do it here on the Detroit CityCast. That's going to do it for us today. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Football Friday. Until then, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, serving aces out. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.